Hey, this is Sean Leary. Welcome back to QC Uncut, uncut, unedited, uncensored conversation with local newsmakers. And my guest today is longtime friend of mine, Tristan Tapscott, one of the contributors to our website at quadcities.com. But Tristan also has a lengthy career in local theater. He's a regular on the Circa 21 stage. Um, he and I used to produce shows together under the My Verona Productions banner, and uh, he was with Harrison Hilltop and uh, District Theater, and of course now he has got his, his brand new theater um, with um, his girlfriend Savannah. Uh, the two of them opened up Mockingbird on Main, which is, as you may guess, on Main Street yes. in downtown Davenport, and they are going into their second show this weekend, it's an enemy of the people, and um, following up a successful first show, The Mountaintop. So, Tristan, thank you very much for being a guest on the show. Oh, of course. And I should mention, every theater I have had, uh, it's by location. So, Harrison Hilltop was on the hilltop in Harrison Street. The district was in the district, and the Mockingbird Main is on Main Street. I right, feel so like it's a thing to help you find where I'm located. So, <laughs> so either you're extremely unimaginative in regard to naming these things, or you're hoping to get a lot of morons who are directionally challenged. Yeah, I, I feel like it's a smart marketing move. Uh-huh. Honestly, it's kind of happened by chance. I, it was never really intentional, but now that you just said it in sequence, I was like, oh, wow, I'm clever. <laughs> I guess I'm not at all clever. But. <laughs> yeah. it, it is helpful for people like, you know, like that scene in Clerks where she's like, where are the new releases? Right. Where's Mockingbird on Main? Right. So what is the actual address of Mockingbird on Main? It is 320 North Main. Davenport, Iowa. So I guess I probably should have called it 320 Main Productions or something. So I didn't, you know, we were a little more clever this time around, but I think everyone just kind of calls it the Mockingbird. But Doug Cootsley rightly was like, why don't we just call it the Mockingbird on Main? It has a good ring to it. And I was like, you are right. Uh And uh, because he's kind of a genius. So we took it and ran with it. So you're blaming Dougie for this? I'm not blaming him. I'm just saying that uh, it's his genius, not mine. Okay, well, usually you're the one who gets blamed for things, so, you know, now it's Doug's turn. Yeah, right. So, okay. Somehow I'm sure I'll be blamed for saying it out loud. I don't right, know. Right, right. Exactly. Well, um, so let's go back. Let, let's start with this this new production. Yes. Um, tell me a little bit about uh, what's going on here. Sure. You've got a guy who's rewriting Ibsen. Yes. Um, what has he rewritten in regard to it? What are the What's the twist to it? And... Uh, why produce this show? How does it click into today's modern society and offer a message that's going to resonate with people? Yeah, so early on in the phases of The Mockingbird, um, Alex came to me with about three different scripts, and one of them was Enemy of the People. And when I first saw the title, I was like, oh, Ibsen, it's like 30 characters, it's three hours long. And then I was like, oh, he's pared it down to about 90 minutes and five characters. This is intriguing. But then there's like a different twist on it in the middle, which I won't tell you about. But it's about mob mentality. The couch and, turns into a bed. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, the couch turns into a bed. But it's about mob mentality, and um, there's a lot of good social commentary. And one of the things that we're trying to do is quote-unquote change the world if you will right so because i do believe theater has a power to like kind of uh, make you think and change your mind a little bit and uh so alex and i were talking and we thought it was ironic for me to do a show about mob mentality because you know Mm -hmm. i'm a polarizing figure but um it's so beautifully written and um it's set in the modern day 
and I was like, oh, this sings. Like, this is a, a really good portrait of, of Americana that I think resonates given the political and, and social uh, climates that we're currently in. Mm-hmm. So, elaborate. Elaborate? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want to give too much away, but it's about, you know, the corruption in uh, political power. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, it does delve into some infidelity. Um, there's just a lot at going, but one of the things that, that Alex has said over and over again is he does, he's not a fan of, of plays and musicals that gang up on one person and that one person is solely to blame for everything. Mm-hmm. He believes that there's shades of gray and there's lots of people to blame at all times. And I think that's important to remember, um, especially in our quote unquote arts community that we have here is we love to, to find that polarizing figure and say ah and pitchfork him but I think there's shades of gray to every single situation that may occur and you know you're kind of seeing that right now is you know people kind of go after one group or one person and like I think there's a lot more if you step back from a situation to look at there's lots of circumstances that have led to a certain moment well, and people shouldn't be judged on one moment no, no, either. No. And that's the other thing that I notice, uh, whether it's the community or otherwise, is um, people overly judge someone on one moment or one mistake that they make, but they don't think of the context in regard to it, in regard to that. Sometimes, well, A lot of times it's a game of telephone. Yeah, right. And I'm not sure that a lot of people, in their defense, are given all of the facts. So, you know, if you hear these terrible things about someone or an organization, you're just going to be like, oh, well, yeah, that must be true. Be- and... And it's no fault to anybody else. It's just they don't take the time to maybe think through or do the research on what exactly went down. And I, I think that's kind of a sad thing that we are so we are so willing to jump on something and jump on a bandwagon against something because it's just easier than thinking for yourself. Well, yeah, it is. Um, I, I've talked about this before with you and on this podcast. Is I think that we live in. It's so strange to see how technology has brought the world together, but also uh, started this subconscious feeling of drowning. Yeah. In, for so many people, where. You realize, like, oh, I'm unique, just like everybody else. There's billion, there are billions right. and billions of other people out there like me, and so people have tried, I think, subconsciously, to make themselves more unique or to make themselves stand out all the more. Instead sure. of just embracing it and saying, yeah, you know what, um, there are a lot of people out there like me. Oh, that's cool. But yeah. I mean, I'm the me of my world. You know, I, I've, right. you know, I matter to my children i matter to my family i matter i matter to my friends and why should i matter to like billions of strangers it's like 100 the famous line from your favorite band tristan which i wrote which was you know um to you know the main character is a, a rock star who's desperately chasing after you know attention and, and fandom and and his ex says the problem is is that he cares more about the adulation of a million strangers than the tr- the real love of just a few people right. and that's the sad thing is that I think in our world we need to recognize the fact that the real love of the people close to you is far more valuable than yes. the adulation of a million strangers and I just think that sometimes the negativity is louder yeah and sometimes the negativity well it's easier but i think some people grasp onto negativity and are like well i i I can say that out loud 
but I can't say the positive thing out loud. Right. And I, I don't know where we got to that point, because that's been something that's happening over the last decade, is if it's negative, we will shout it. But if it's positive, eh. And I think it has to do with clicks and it likes. Does, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, negative, negative news. I mean, you take the Music Man review from earlier this summer. That thing went oh, I know. viral. Yeah, it went nuts on our website. And you know what I mean? And, and it was just because of the negativity. Now, I've given reviews of glowing reviews of shows. Eh, they didn't do dick, you know. But the, yeah, it's just weird. But there's this Edward R. Murrow quote that I want to read you because okay. I've been thinking about it a lot lately. It's the speed of communication is wondrous to behold. It is also true that the speed can multiply the distribution of information that we know to be untrue. Correct. And I think we're living in that age where even if it's not true, if it's fun and it you know gets you some attention, you're going to go for it right. and spread it no matter what. And an and enemy of the people, to circle back around, kind of deals with that as well. Um, you know, it's about a newspaper reporter that gets a lead on something, and right. it's and the, the local politicians in town's like, no, you're not going to, right? You know, it kind of. And so I won't see, say the rest. See, I knew that, and I. That's I why we. That's why we engaged in this long tangent that people yeah. listening are probably like, oh Jesus, why the hell are they talking about all this stuff? Because it circles around an enemy of the people. Because I know yeah. what it's about, and it's this is what it's about. It's about these yeah. same themes and topics yep. in regard to the spread of communication, in regard to the, the herd mentality, in regard to how people connect to the herd and oftentimes they find themselves overwhelmed and so they just give up and they become a part of the herd instead of standing against it for what's right or what's true or what's real. Well, the the original play was written over 100 years ago and all Alex did was put in the modern day. As far as what the play's about, it's the same. So it's amazing to see like how far we've all we've come but how not far at all. Like we're we're in the same shit. It's just a circle. Oh yeah. Well, there's yeah. You, if you look a hundred years ago and you look at you know a lot of the the stories that are oh yeah yeah it's 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 amazing. Um, so enemy of the people. So uh, this week opens this weekend at Mockingbird on Main. What are the the show times again? Uh, show times are Thursday, Friday, and Saturday at 8 p.m. So it runs September 30th through October 9th. So there's six performances. It's a great cast, uh, helmed by Victoria House. Um, and we thought it was very important to have a, a woman's voice at the helm for it. Um, and uh, it's really fantastic. Like, the cast is so good. And, it, and, and it's a really interesting use of the space. It re- kind of reminds me of a lot of stuff you and I used to do where the action is in and around the audience. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just the audience is here, the performers are there. It's all over the space, which um, I really enjoy a lot. And I think part of our mission there is to make sure the audience is part of the show. They're not a, you know four feet away from everything. They're right there with them. And it feels like you're in the room with those actors. And so you're kind of a, a voyeur. And that's it's really kind of cool and trippy and it kind of you you don't have a choice but to engage in there mm-hmm. um, because it's a smaller space um, but those of you that are worried because the actors are around you um, we do require uh, vaccination proof at the door we require all our audiences to wear masks when in the facility and all of our cast is vaccinated so you know yes they'll be closer to you than normal but they won't be a bad thing 
So let's rewind a little bit to your first show, this Enemy of the People being the second show. First show was The Mountaintop, and that's an interesting choice for a number of reasons, Um, one of which is the fact that it is it was an entirely african american cast you are not african american i am not and um, you know that's rare i don't, i don't remember the last time maybe do you remember the last time there was a show in the quad cities with a predominantly african american cast let alone an entirely african american cast i'm trying to playcrafters does playcrafters do does do some of some of the shows they usually try to do one a year right um, and so they just did the piano lesson right, this was, summer right um but it's but prior to the piano lesson and the mountaintop, I don't recall. It's been a minute. it's been a while since yeah. I, I recall seeing anything that was predominant. Of course, you had some people of color in the casts, yeah. but one a show where it was predominantly people of color in the cast. Other than the you're right, the piano Wilson, uh, the, the piano lesson um, yeah. was this summer at Playcrafters and Mountaintop. Where they were around the same time, but prior to that, I don't recall a lot of them. Well, and Mountaintop hasn't been done in this area at all, and it, it's a 2008 play that originally starred. And Angela Bassett and Samuel L. Jackson. Uh And I've been kind of tracking it for about a decade. And I've always wanted to do it, and I just never did. And when we were starting to put together The Mockingbird back in February, that was the first show we were going to do no matter what. It was just, it's a beautiful script. It's, It's so funny. And it's, you know, the twist that it has is so interesting, and it catches you off guard, and it's great. And... You know, with everything that the American Theater went through in this last year, Savannah and I were like, what can we do to help and make sure that, you know, the African-American community in the Quad Cities has a place to play beyond the one show that Playcrafters does. And so we've kind of made it a mission of ours, starting with the Mountaintop, obviously, to make sure that we do the re- the outreach and, and find those artists in town. Um, now, it has some challenges, of course, but... You have to put in the work to do it, and we were able to find an African-American director and two African-Americans to be in the show, and that mission has continued in Enemy of the People as well, Um, and we're consistently trying to make that happen. Now, I I, I fully acknowledge my privilege as a white dude, and I understand that as a white producer, there's going to be some challenges with that, but they're not impossible to do, and... uh, yeah, we were really excited about the turnout, too. It was great. It was a great show. And the two actors we have were so good. One of them is returning to the Quad Cities to do Rocky Horror um, as well. And the director of Mountaintops in Rocky Horror as well. So they're out there. You just have to find them. And you don't have to just do August Wilson. Right. That's important, too. Um, it's important to f- there are other plays. And, you know, sometimes Enemy of the People doesn't call for an African-American actress at all. But she's there, and we don't ever mention that. It's just she's part of the show. You know what I mean? And I think that's important, too, is to make sure that you're breaking ground on those opportunities and not just being like, oh, we're doing our black show, you know? Right. Um, Yeah, I I, I just think it's really important because I kind of made a pledge to make that difference. And so we're trying our hardest to uh, keep it up. And that 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 is difficult. I mean, I know a lot of. I mean, because you and I have done that before. You know, we've cast 
you know people of color and Absolutely. yeah look at all, a lot of our shows that we did and it was I remember back then it was we were trying to cast a lot of women in shows because women were yeah. in subservient roles in a lot of the plays that were out there and we were trying that was the big thing because we we're this was back in 2003 to 2008 and you know and we had a difficult time finding people of color to yeah. fit like the you know we did a sketch comedy and we had Oprah in one of the sketches yeah. and okay we need to find an african-american woman to play oprah and it was just really difficult to find actors of color has that gotten um it seems like it's gotten a little better there's more people but as the discussion has evolved people have talked about the fact that you know there's not that space where people feel comfortable where actors of color feel comfortable and saying you know yeah i'm going to do this because they don't feel as if they're welcomed because of the clickishness right. of local theater groups a lot of times. And some of that isn't, I don't think that, you know, the theater groups are filled with virulent racists, but I do think that, and this is true, there's a clickishness to it. Absolutely. You know, you've got your Genesius Guild people and your Music Guild people and stuff, and they're trying to cross the, the boundaries a little bit more between the theater groups, but you still have that kind of clickishness where like these people are all going to be in this show for this right. theater because they've always been there and it's been multi-generational and blah, 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 blah. And you, you're start, hopefully starting to see some of those boundaries break down, but it's inertia. Well, and it's tough because some of those places have been around for so long, right. it's hard to break those habits. And I don't think ever, it was ever a malicious intent. No, I don't either. But I do think that there's some deep-rooted negativity towards some groups in town because of some of the decisions that they made. And the nice thing about the Mockingbird is new. We don't have a, you know, I mean, we don't have a concentrated group of people that have been doing stuff there for decades. You know, there are no boundaries to break down because we never set any up. And that was by design too. You know, we want it just to be a place for everyone. We mean that. We're actively trying to make that happen. Um, So, you know, I understand that Savannah and I are very privileged white human beings but we're trying to make stuff happen. And, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that progress allows us to keep trying that um, and doesn't knock us down for trying, you know. Um, so I, we'll see what the future holds. I, I think there is a discussion right now about it. And I think it's a good discussion that everyone needs to have. Mm-hmm. And um, hopefully the outcomes are more positive than they have been in the last couple of years. Right. So, I know you have another meeting you got to go to. Um, looking at the future, what you guys have planned? What are the shows that are coming up? How do those shows fit into your overarching philosophy? And obviously, I mean, Rocky Horror. One, it's a fun show. Two, well, it's a big money maker. Well, I mean, let's face it. You need, you need to make money to well, keep, keep the theater going. You know, and, and that's the thing is well, you've got to you got to put on shows. Well, that you and I both know you got to put on some shows to do. That's at the speakeasy though. Oh, that has, okay, no, okay. I didn't know if you. I didn't know if you were transferring over to Mockingbird. Okay. No, no, the, no. That's at the speakeasy, which you should come see that October twenty second through the thirty first. But okay. um, no, I'm just directing it. So I brought a lot of my people with me. Oh, okay, got it. No, no, no. Um, <clears throat> we have two rentals coming in because we created this space for other arts groups to use that was part of the idea and so there's two groups using it one in november and one in the end of november early december and i can 
give those details soon. I don't, I can't talk about that yet. But um, there's two different groups using it. We're really excited about that. But how we're kind of setting a season is we're not. <laughs> um, what we're doing is we're taking projects as they come to us. And I know we're doing one of yours early next year, early 2022, um, called Freak Magnet. My life is a freak magnet, which is a one-minute show featuring you and then um, other actors. But beyond that, we're trying to figure out where the zeitgeist is, too. Right. And also to figure out if we can get some of these other people that feel like they haven't been given the opportunity to come in and, and produce a work of their own. And so that's something we're actively trying to outreach right now is, like, how do we get these people to make something happen for themselves or let us make it happen? And so we're... You know, we're keeping our options open. We don't ever, we'll never like plan a, here's our entire 2022 season. It will never be like that. It's a place for everyone. And we want to keep, you know, availability for someone to come in and be like, I have this show. And we're like, great, bring it in. So that's kind of the model. Well, that's certainly unique. Tell, tell us a little bit about Rocky Horror, aside from the dates coming up, October 22nd yeah. to, to 31st. <clears throat> yeah, we're doing that at Speakeasy. I'm directing Ashley and Bobby Becker on the team as well. Um, it's an all-new cast. Um, the guy that played Martin Luther King Jr. in Mountaintop is playing Frankenfurter, so he's, oh, it's going to be so... I mean, he it, it's so good. Um, and the gal that directed Mountaintop, Kira Rangel, is playing Janet. Mm-hmm. And it's a pretty much an all-new cast. Brad Hoskins is playing Riff Raff, which we're all very excited uh, about. Um, and we're adding a multimedia element with Khalil Hacker. And so it's a, it's a reimagined version. So if you've seen it at the Speakeasy the last couple of years, it's, it's very different than what you've seen. And it's going to be just stellar. Are you, doing the, are you doing Khalil as the narrator and doing it as a multimedia yeah. thing? No, oh, no. I thought that would be hilarious. No, Doug Kootsley is playing the narrator. Okay. So we're just filming some of the things that are seen on the screen in the show. Uh-huh. And um, it's going to be pretty riotous, I think. Uh, we're excited about it. And it, you know... It's the first. It's the first Rocky Horror post COVID, if you want to say post COVID, whatever. Because last Hopefully year we were yes. we were doing masks and everything else, but this year will be a little more what Rocky is meant to be. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm just excited to be directing it. It's it's you know it's it's been a long time. I've been in it the last couple of years, and I'm excited to step on the other side and make it as raunchy as I can. <laughs> you know why not? You don't want people throwing COVID toast all over the place. No, 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 no. Maybe a little. But, a little you know, COVID just toast. a little yeah, COVID uh, toast is fine. <laughs> bring your bags of COVID toast, people, to yeah. the show. Actually, I meant to write a show called COVID Toast. It's <laughs> kind of it's kind of funny. You can base it off these screenshots yeah. that you're oh, collecting here. Oh, Code COVID. Awesome. I think that COVID toast is going to be the name of that show. I'm yeah. right. So uh, yeah. So yeah. No. And yeah, I, I'm just excited that the, the arts community is, is coming back alive, and there's a lot of opportunities out there. And I I hope my hope is that a lot of the conversations that happened during the shutdown are going to spark change and I know we're new and can kind of do that because we have no rules like we can do whatever we want but my hope is a lot of the more established groups can continue the conversation and kind of reevaluate you know who they can use but I know it's it's not going to happen overnight but I'm glad the conversation is happening because it wasn't for a while and you know times have changed I think it should I agree. I agree. It's always good to have the conversations in regard to things because that is how things change, and that's how people recognize things. Like I said, I don't think people are bad people. A lot of times, just in general with society, and this goes into anatomy of the people, it's like I think sometimes people are too quick to judge somebody as like, oh, this person's bad or this person's good. And it's like, you know, good people do bad things, and bad people do good things. And there are a lot of times where, like, they do things with the best intentions, and they 
turn out to be wrong and vice versa and I think people need to recognize that everybody a everybody makes mistakes b we're not the same people that we were then I've said this about you know I mean I've been writing professionally since I was 11 years old I go back to things that I wrote when I was a teenager and I'm like oh Jesus Christ I disagree with myself I'm pissed off at myself for things that I wrote because I'm like that's so stupid yeah I hate to tell you this but people evolve Sean it's a it's a it's a you know and I think um I think everyone needs to be given a chance to fully evolve too. You know, the way you thought about something five, six years ago is not the same. Right. Hopefully, you know, like hopefully you've grown, especially this last year, last two years almost. If people haven't grown in that time and did some self reflection, right? I, you know, it's a waste of it's a waste of the pandemic. You know, like <laughs> it's a waste of COVID. Toast. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a waste. You know, throw it out. Like it should, because I know I did a lot of soul searching in it and figured out what was important to me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm fully aware of me taking a chance on doing this theater thing again. Brought out all kinds of comments. Trust me, I've heard them all. And even if you post them online and think I don't see them, I do. And, you know, I... But I was willing to take the chance because I think I've grown enough as a person to do it right. And to fully acknowledge my shortcomings and what I did wrong. And, you know... I know things didn't happen, quote-unquote, but they did. And the wonderful thing about social media is I can share that shit and be like, ah, there it is. But, uh, yeah, I, I think it's important. People evolve. Organizations can evolve. And I think, and maybe I'm just wishful thinking, but I think we're on to a better path than we were. People can change. People can change. Yeah. I used to be a piece of shit. Yeah. Sloppy steaks at Trefani's. Yeah. yeah. Itty-bitty jeans. Oh. Glass house. Live for New Year's Eve. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever watch that show that I keep telling you to watch? I haven't. I think yet, you should I've leave. Watched, watched Khalil and I are both gigantic fans of it. Yeah, I've it's clips awesome. Me, I yeah, the one it. with the the one with the ba- so where he looks into the baby's eyes and the baby. I think the baby thinks I'm a piece of shit. I used to be a piece of shit, but I'm not anymore. That's weird shit. Oh yeah, I used to be a big piece of shit. Glass house, white Lamborghini, <laughs> white bathing suit, sloppy steaks at Trefani's. Yeah, no, I need to check it out. I haven't yet, but one day I will because it, it sounds hilarious. And, and so should you if you're listening. I think yeah. you should leave. It's on Netflix. It's a great show. Also, you should check out Enemy of the People, obviously, which is at Mockingbird on Main, which is at 320 North Main <laughs> Street. Is if you couldn't tell from the unimaginative title for yes. the theater, it's it's on Main it. Street. It's right. on Main. It's Main. Two of the two of the three words in the title. And the, uh-huh. the, the the website is themockingbirdonmain.com. You don't say. I don't say. Yeah. And then you can also find us on social media by searching. You guessed it. Really? The Mockingbird on Main. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. Should be easy for people to find. Yeah. And there you, there you have it. And it's yeah. going on this weekend. Shows at 7 o'clock Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Right. And uh, not, this, not just this weekend. Uh, September 30th, October 1st, and October 2nd, but also the following weekend, which is what the 7th, 8th, and 9th, October 7th, 8th, and 9th. Okay, and then you're also shilling uh, the Speakeasy's Rocky Horror, which is going to be sold out. Everybody's going to go see that. So, so it should be a good time. Yeah, it should be. So, so, so I, I, you know, you know, reports of my death have been greatly exaggerated because <laughs> I'm very busy and doing all kinds of things. So it's it's really cool, and I'm happy to see that the arts. Uh, community has survived the pandemic and everyone kind of came out of it stronger right. and we're all kind of moving forward so it's great 
Sounds good. Thanks a lot for being on the show, Tristan Tab Scott. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm sure you'll get some comments. <laughs> I always do. That's new. Um, and thank you for listening to QC Uncut, Uncut, Unedited, Uncensored Podcasting, a conversation with local newsmakers. I'm your host, Sean Leary. Hope you have a great day.